0: Minimalism. Uh, so today we're going to talk about minimalism. We should maybe just... I don't just,
1: think we even have to say anything.
0: We should probably keep it short in fitting with the theme, right? There we go. Minimalism. Here it comes. Done. Minimalism. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about being a better human through good habits, challenging yourself, learning from a wide range of experts, and celebrating all of the little wins along the way. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being, trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada, and with me is my disciplined accountability partner, Jenny.
1: That's me, Jenny Kous, not a doctor, but a marketing professional from St. Thomas, Ontario. I'm a small town gal and a big believer in the power of habits. We know from research and from our year of monthly habit challenges, how our daily choices impact and ultimately create our lives. So we're getting intentional about our habits, and we hope to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall, your own best self.
0: On today's episode, we will explore the concept of minimalism. If you are new to this idea, stay tuned for what it is and how it has affected each of our world's. In our newly named segment, Ooh, Me Likey, Jenny is digging a fun family vacation spot, and I've been loving a new podcast that Jenny got me into. My win this week is related to exercise, EEA, and Jenny's Learn is all about managing expectations with your summer bucket list when it comes to kids. But first, we want to share an update. Last week, we talked about our Scottish friends and the fact that they took our friend Gretchen's Four Tendencies quiz we found out that Sean's tendency was an upholder, which wasn't a surprise. No. And Dave got, me, got a message back to me this week, and he let me know that the results of his quiz, he's a rebel. Which was a surprise uh, to me, but like also... You predicted that a little bit, though. Kind of. It, it, and again, it's one of those things where if you don't know what they're thinking about, it's hard to know mm. for real. But the quiz shows him he's a rebel. So just as a reminder, the rebel is... Uh, somebody that says, it's hard when I have to, and it's so easy when I want to. Mm. So rebels are somebody that it's about their identity. It's about creating, they, they resist outer ex- expectations and they also resist inner expectations. But if they really want to do something because it fits with who they are, then they will be motivated to do it. So that's interesting that Dave is a coach and he's a rebel. He must find some interesting ways to get around that that whole managing expectations
1: because you kind of thought he would be more
0: I thought he was an like obliger
1: obliger maybe with rebel tendencies right I, is that what I said yes All right, I feel well. like that
0: that's what I thought you'd said so maybe he's a rebel that leans obliger how about that interesting hmm anyway, anyway. we got we got it out of him which is great and by the we'll way he was rebelling against sending it until we of course there, he was there you go of course he was of
1: course he was Okay, so minimalism. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get right into it. So it's it's probably a term you've heard. Maybe you even have some ideas about what it means. Who knows? Maybe even maybe you consider yourself a minimalist. So what comes to mind when most people think of minimalism? What do you think, Peg?
0: Well, I'm not sure what most people think, but I remember it was you, I think, that first introduced me to the concept of minimalism. Like, I I kind of knew what minimal, minimal, wow, I can't even say it right now. I kind of knew what it was, but I didn't really get the concept. And when you first started talking to me about it, in my mind, a minimalist was somebody that had a tunic and a spoon. (laughs) They just had zero. They just had that and that was it. So I've since discovered that that's not really the case. No. Well, and I mean,
1: I do love a good tunic. I do love a good spoon, but I do need more than that. All right. I think that a lot of people think of it as um, like, you know, a everything white, you know, white walls, white couch, maybe, maybe no couch. There's extreme minimalist people who don't even have furniture. So maybe it's just a house with nothing in it or, you know, or those people online, you might've seen that it seems to be a contest of who owns the fewest things. And they'll take those flat lay photos of all of their belongings and, you know, You know, it seems to be, and it also seems to be predominantly men, I will say in their twenties who they are competitive minimalists and they're like living that travel lifestyle and it's, they own 30 things or something and they get pretty hardcore about it.
0: Yeah, that, that is hardcore for sure. So. FYI, everyone listening, this is not the kind of minimalism that we are talking about today. We are, we are not talking about competitive minimalism for the sake of having fewer things. We are talking about the intentional relationship between you and your possessions to ensure that you in charge you are in charge of your stuff, not the other way around.
1: I completely agree. There's a pretty sharp difference between the aesthetics that the term minimalism conjures up. And the intentional lifestyle choice that we are referring to, kind of a fun fact, when I first kind of started going down the path of minimalism and getting really interested in it, when I would Google it, it was everything out there was about it as a music uh, kind of movement in classical music and in modern music. And there was very little on the practice of minimalism in terms of with your stuff or as a lifestyle. So that was kind of interesting. Oh, interesting. Interesting. 10 years ago. So there's been a pretty big shift since then. So you would
0: say that this is something that's been on your mind and that you've been interested in for 10 years?
1: Yes, longer, but it took certain things for me to even notice that it was a thing, that it was kind of like these certain ways I had about me. I didn't realize that there was a name for, but then I started to kind of learn about other people in this field. And then that's when minimalism became a thing. Okay, cool. But anyway. So minimalism can refer to your uh, relationship with your things, and it's really this whole thing about having this intentional lifestyle, but it it can be your relationship to your possessions, it can be your relationship to your time, the people in your life, how you manage your money, really pretty much any aspect of your life. Another common term that's being tossed around these days is essentialism, which is popularized by author Greg McDonough. I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but um, that he has a book called Essentialism, which I've read and is excellent. So I recommend you check that out. Um, and if you've followed along with our monthly challenges, back was it March? Maybe? It was in March. Yeah. March. We did something called the Men's Game.
0: So I want to tell you, I want to tell our listeners and remind them what the Men's Game was. But also, even when you're talking about The relationship to possessions and relationships and the people in your life and money and pretty much every aspect it's kind of interesting that the challenges that we chose through those 11 months of doing challenges related to getting intentional and potentially minimizing the hassles associated with each one of those habits so really a lot of what we were doing was intentionally minimizing the stress and the decisions that we had to make around our habits which kind of fits right in with this minimalism concept today absolutely all right. So the Min's game, the Min's game is short for the minimalist game. And it was created by the minimalists. The idea of the game is to reduce the number of unneeded unwanted or unused things in your space over the course of a month. On the first day of the game, you get rid of one thing on the second day of the game, two things on the third day, three things and so on for the whole month. So you can sell things, donate them, recycle them or throw them away. But the idea is that each day, the thing must be out of your house and therefore out of your life. So over the course of 30 days, the game requires that you get rid of 465 things. And if it's a day with third or if it's a month with 31 days, which March was when we did this, it's 496 things.
1: Cheaters do this in February.
0: Ah, they only have to get rid of 28 days worth of stuff. Oh, yeah. minimalist cheaters, yeah. February.
1: Yeah. That's Bush league. <laughs> so when you did that then, so let's just use you in as, as an example. How did it feel to let go of all those things? And I ask this because I know you also recently did a, a big clean out of the office closet um, at your home office. And I remember you talking about how it felt. Yeah. So thinking about how that felt and how the men's game felt. Tell me about what that feels like when you let go of your possessions.
0: Well, for me, and this concept of minimalism is relatively new to me, especially when we're talking about you and I. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested in it. And even a year ago, I did it based on the fact that you had introduced me to the concept, but every time I do it and then this year, and then again, when I cleaned out my closet, the feeling is like afterwards, it feels like you had this weight on your shoulders, but you don't even know that it was there until it's gone. Mm -hmm. you're carrying something. And then once it's gone, you're like, Oh, lighter. I also felt like I could breathe better. And then the other thing that I said to you when I cleaned out my closet is that I felt like I could take on the world. I was like, I cleaned out my closet and now I feel like I can do my to-do list. That's how I felt.
1: Yep. And you hear about that. A lot of people who they'll do the men's game and then suddenly after that, they make a huge life decision about changing something. And it's, it's really interesting. I think the relationship we have to our stuff it's not just stuff it weighs on us in so many ways and I think we in the culture that we live in right now that's become a really increasingly consumer culture where we are getting more and more stuff all the time I don't even think that we know the implications of what this is doing to us Um, and so in this culture where we're always getting more and you know what's next the idea of letting go can be a really big relief it can help you be more present rather than constantly thinking about okay what's next what's next and thinking about shopping and getting things and worrying about then how you store all your things like there's there's no accident to the fact that after Christmas as of January 1st all of the stores are full of organizing products and those giant you know rubbermaid totes and all of that because everybody has to get all of their things sorted from that huge shopping time so anyway it's it can be a major relief to just let go
0: The way that you're describing it, it comes back to something we've talked about on a previous podcast, which has to do with the fact that every time you have another possession, it creates more decisions. And sometimes a possession creates a whole bunch of decisions. And then this exponential amount of decisions you have to make based on each thing that you own creates decision fatigue. And then that's Mm -hmm. why you're weighed down by this psychic load of all these decisions you have to make over and over again about this stuff. I moved it from the dining room table to the counter, and now I got to (laughs) move it from the counter to the bathroom. And now it's in the bathroom. Well, maybe I should put it in drawer but I don't know, maybe I should get rid of it. All of these decisions. And this is where all that mental fatigue comes from. And I think that for me is why when I get rid of it, I feel like, oh, like amazing. I can change the world now.
1: And do you know, in that vein, when you're talking about moving something, I remember hearing it once and I'm not sure where I read it. Um, but there was this whole idea of just touch it once.
0: Right. Yes. Well, I think Gretchen said that in her book, Outer Order Intercom, but I think I'm sure that the minimalists have probably said that at some point, or you've told me about it from someone of someone of your other minimalist friends. Maybe,
1: uh, maybe back in my hardcore getting into, uh, organizing days. And it was Peter Walsh, I think from that clean sweep show. I feel like it was Julie Morgenstern. Anyway, it was the whole idea of like, when you pick it up, decide in that moment what to do with it.
0: Don't keep moving it around. Decide. Touch it once. Yeah. And that can be relevant to electronic stuff too, like emails mm-hmm. instead of oh, opening yeah. it and then like deciding what to do with it later or coming back to it. It's make the, make the choice right then touch it once. Yeah. That, that's, that's powerful. Yeah. All right. Well, minimalism also teaches people to value experiences over things. So having less things to take care of can mean that you have more time available to spend time with those that you care about. And then you can connect in a deeper way.
1: For sure. And I think another benefit of it is if you own fewer things, there is less to clean, which I love because I don't like cleaning, but I love having a tidy house. So tidying up is a lot quicker and we we can straighten up our house pretty darn fast and it really helps me to kind of feel calmer and chill out when there's fewer things around and there's less like you say less psychic load when you're looking around your house and say you're looking at messes it feels good to have things kind of put away and I know for me it makes me feel less burdened by my things as well if there's things have a home Um, And I would say for sure for me, I, and you and I've talked about this before, but at times when there are, there's an influx of things in our home, I feel more stressed. And I would say a good example of this is around the holidays when you have gifts and everything coming in and, you know, more stuff sitting around that you're picking up. And I definitely don't love that feeling. But, um, so we mentioned, we've mentioned them a number of times, the minimalists on this podcast and, Um, And you'll hear us talk about them again. Um, And they're another one of our online pretend best friends. And you may, yeah, you may have also heard us talk about Matt Diavella, who made a documentary about minimalism, and it's centered around Josh and Ryan, who are the minimalists, with loads of cameos from people talking about the impact of our stuff on our lives. Here's the description of that documentary. How might your life be better with less? Minimalism, a documentary about the important things, examines the many flavors of minimalism by taking the audience inside the lives of the minimalists from all walks of life families, entrepreneurs, architects, artists, journalists, scientists and even a former wall street broker all of whom are striving to live a meaningful life with less. Because this is the thing is it's it's not just about having less, it's having less for a reason. And like your word of the year it's about getting intentional.
0: Absolutely. It's a great documentary. And we'll put a link in the show notes so you can check it out. And it was one of the things that when I first saw it, it took me from that place where I thought it was a tunic and a spoon to going, Oh, I get it now. So if you're still confused by the concept of minimalism, this is a great way to place to start for sure.
1: Well, and we went to when this movie came out, not it wasn't out like on Netflix yet. But when it was released, they did like a tour around. Of, like, the release happening, and we there was one in London. Oh, yeah, so there we was. I didn't to, know that. Yeah, so we went to it, uh, like a screening of it, and there's like local meetup groups for the minimalists, and so it was a really interesting group to kind of be there at a theater with, yeah, all of no these kidding, types.
0: minimalist nerds. You were right oh, in yeah. there, great worker. Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting, but yeah, anyhow. All right, speaking of Matt Diavella, he has a great YouTube channel with many minimalism themed videos worth checking out. One of his more recent videos talks about minimalism and is quite funny called When Minimalism Goes Too Far. He pokes fun at those who get very serious about their minimalism and it's worth taking a look at. He also reinforces the reasons why minimalism is good for your life.
1: Matt Diavella is excellent and his YouTube channel is so worth checking out because He has so many great things he talks about. And he was recently doing monthly challenges, by the way. That's right. And he is just such a good filmmaker. So quality wise of his videos, like excellent. Definitely worth checking out. They're wonderful. And And once again, we'll put a link in the show notes. Absolutely. And if you're interested in how all of this can impact your family life, um, because a lot of what we're talking about with like Josh and Ryan and Matt, they're young guys. They don't, don't and, and they don't kids. have kids, right? Yeah. Well, Josh does now. Okay. But when they first Josh started, has he didn't. a stepdaughter. Know. Yes. Okay. So now they're kind of branching to that. But if you're interested in how this can impact your family life and how you can make this work for a family, check out The Minimal Mom on YouTube. She's, I believe, from Minnesota. She's adorable. Her name is Dawn. And she has loads of awesome videos with really good practical tips about how you can bring these concepts into your family life. Um, she has a ton of videos. Again, we'll give the link to her YouTube channel, but she goes through and talks about, um, decluttering kids, toys, their clothes. She goes through in such a practical, easy way. And she has four kids, four kids. And They are making it work and it's incredible to see the change that it made in their life. Wow. There's some other people that I would recommend that you check out as well. And I'll just quickly mention their names. A lot of them were featured in the Minimalism documentary as well. Um, Joshua Becker, he kind of talks about family life as well. He has a really cool story about why he got into uh, minimalism and the change that it has made in his life. Leah Babauta of Zen Habits. He also, he has... I don't know. I want to say six kids or something. So he talks about minimalism. He's kind of one of the early people that was talking about this online. And then Courtney Carver. Courtney Carver is the person who talks a lot about capsule wardrobes. She does Project Three Thirty Three, I think. It's oh
0: yeah, that sounds familiar. I've seen that before. Three Thirty Three.
1: Anyhow, she's excellent, and she talks about doing these kind of seasonal capsule wardrobes and getting very intentional about your clothing. And then if you're looking to get real nerded out, there is one other thing I'll mention and it's Bea Johnson and they have she has a a book called Zero Waste Home. Oh wow. She's next level. Their garbage for an entire year fits in like a small mason jar. Wow. minimalist. So they're focused on zero waste. So obviously they're like super minimalist as well, but they have really reduced everything rate down. So that's another interesting one. And that was kind of one of the early ones that I was interested in. It is not the most attainable, but anyway, it's, you know, if you're looking at like people who take it super far, that's an interesting one. Cool.
0: All right. Um, This minimalism thing is not just about simplifying your life either. It's about improving your overall health. In 2009, a study looked at the connection between people's homes and their stress levels as they gave a tour of their home. Here's the abstract from the study. The way people describe their homes may reflect whether their time at home feels restorative or stressful. This article uses linguistic analysis software. To analyze 60 dual-income spouses, self-guided home tours by calculating the frequency of words describing clutter, a sense of the home as unfinished, restful words, and nature words. Based on a principal components analysis, the former two categories were combined into the variable stressful home and the latter two into restorative home. Over three weekdays following the home tours, wives with higher stressful home scores and flatter diurnal slopes of cortisol, a profile associated with adverse health outcomes, whereas women with higher restorative home scores had steeper cortisol slopes. These resorts held after controlling for marital satisfaction and neuroticism which is cool that that's what we're talking about with minimalism, (laughs) FYI. (laughs) Women with higher stressful home scores had increased depressed mood over the course of the day, whereas women with higher restorative home scores had decreased depressed mood over the day. So let me just like bring that into layman's terms. The people that describe their houses as calm and restorative, less stress, less depressed. The people that describe their house as more stressful, uh, what were the words they used? Um, uh, let see, it would be good if I could get this right away. Stressful home. So if you had stressful home, higher stress levels and more depressed. So mm-hmm. there's something to it and there's a study that shows it. So similarly, a recent article in the New York times echoed this sentiment that homes that are cluttered, increase stress for the occupants. And this usually is the most stressful for women. The study also looked at cortisol levels, which is the stress hormone and saw that there were strong correlations between clutter and stress. So if you want your cortisol levels to come down, if you want your stress levels to come down, there really is something to what our online pretend best friend Gretchen Rubin says, outer order, inner calm. And inner calm could be how you feel emotionally, but it's also how your body physiologically is reacting.
1: Yeah. And I I remember reading a thing about this, and I think it was related to the one with the New York Times, where it was talking about men and women could be in the same space, like say, you know, a husband and wife in their home looking at the same thing and the woman would be stressed by
0: it and the husband wouldn't. Yeah. Well, it's I have, I have an anecdotal heavier. study of that in my own house.
1: <laughs> yeah. But they, you know, and that, um, you know, in those types of homes, like cisgender homes, um, that women feel that it is their responsibility
0: and uh, therefore it weighs
1: heavier on them. It was a really interesting kind of thing. One little side note. I just want to mention that the minimal mom talks about, okay. Is she said, and we're going to talk about this as well in the next segment. Um, but when you go and you rent a place, so say you go and you rent an Airbnb or a vacation house, and you go there and it has just the things you need. Right. If you've ever gone and enjoyed that experience of having just what you need and you don't have all your stuff, you've just brought, you know, the clothes and that kind of stuff, and you just have those things around you. I've, always loved that feeling. And I love staying at Airbnbs. It's my jam. And I realized that that is what it is for me. Cause it's like the ultimate where you don't have all your stuff. You have just what you need. And she describes it as if you've ever enjoyed that feeling of having only the things you need, you're probably someone who's going to really
0: dig minimalism. It's like a part-time minimalist experience, like our, a part-time it super is. minimalist experience. Yes. Absolutely! Oh, that's me. I love it.
1: Speaking of, I love it. Ooh. It's time for a segment formerly known as "What Are You Digging," which we're now calling "Ooh, Me Likey." I can't believe Peg went for this.
0: I'm so glad <laughs> it's growing. It's growing on me.
1: Yeah. Well, Peggy and I really like to talk to each other, as you can tell, about what podcasts we've been listening to, or what books we've been reading, or what random internet hilarity we've found, and we feel like you might find it fun too, because. Usually these conversations happen at my monthly chiropractor appointments, but we've decided instead to record them and share them with you.
0: (laughs) That's right. So each week, each of us will share something that we are loving that we find useful or practical, or sometimes it's just something that's pure frivolity and fun. So this week, The thing that I'm liking, ooh, me likey, is Mm -hmm. a podcast that Jenny got me onto, and it's called You Made It Weird with Pete Holmes. Yes! And (laughs) Pete Holmes is a comedian, and he has a TV show called Crashing, and he does stand up comedy. But he's also this really interesting dude who talks about philosophy and uh, spirituality and all sorts of interesting things that fill eh? all different kinds of categories. And he does it in a way that's highly entertaining and really makes you think. So I've listened to four or five of them, and I love them. I love who he interviews. I love what they talk about. I love the questions he asks. And I also just like that he's a bit of a nerd and says things that make people feel slightly uncomfortable occasionally. And yeah. I also love that his tagline at the end of the podcast, and he gets the guest <laughs> to say it every time is keep it crispy. That's right, isn't yeah. it? Keep yes. it crispy. Yeah, he's great. So uh, if any of this feels like it resonates with you, what I've just said, check it out. It's called You Made It Weird with Pete Holmes. So that's what what I'm into this week.
1: I love that podcast. And Pete Holmes is so great. I learned about him through Rob Bell.
0: Right, cause they're because they're buds, right? Aren't they? Friends? They are buds,
1: yeah. and um, and he has a really interesting background as well. And my gosh, he has some like
0: really, really good stand-up specials. I don't know if you've ever watched them. I have never seen a stand-up. Have you ever seen him? I don't think so. I don't think I've seen oh, a picture of him. Oh my
1: gosh! Okay, hilarious. Like he's so good, and he says so many funny things, and he kind of makes fun of himself because he's got this big smile. And he's just this really wholesome looking guy. And then he'll say something ridiculous. And he's like, it just doesn't match. And <laughs> he's so great. But yeah, check out his his stand up as well. I think he'll okay, really like I'll, do, I'll do it. Yeah. Okay. So for me, this week, my umileki is Shirkston Shores. So this is located in Shirkston, which is near Port Colburn. So kind of like if you're heading toward Niagara Falls, it's that way.
0: It is, And for our international listeners, this is on Lake Erie in Ontario, Canada. Yes,
1: yes. We're in Canada, Ontario. This is where this is located. So what it is, it's a beach resort and campground. That's how they describe it. It is a 560 acre resort with two and a half miles of beachfront. And then there's pools There's a water park with giant water slides. There's mini golf. There's tons of daily, like loads of kids and family activities, i.e. line dancing, which was really funny. Um, (laughs) There's a quarry with a beach and it was perfect for paddle boarding. There's like splash pad, rock wall. There's even a trampoline with a harness situation. Um, And there's golf carts, which is really fun. You can rent golf carts to drive around the park because it's gigantic um, so you rent um, you know like a I don't even want to say not a trailer because they're not
0: like they're, they're not they're like, like a like, frames they're like big like mobile homes kind of
1: yeah like they like they're really cottages because like they can be towed there but they're all like they're there they're not they're kind of like the, trottages like, trottages yes exactly so we went there as a family and we actually brought my mom as well for a couple nights and we had a, a great time. We rented our cottage that we had or our trottage, if you will, um, off of Airbnb, but you can also rent directly through Shirks and Stores, Shores and I'll, uh, we'll, we'll include the link, but really fun, good way to spend family time, sit out, have campfires. They even have um, once a week fireworks. They have movies on the beach at night, like, cool, cool stuff going on. It's like full
0: on family fun.
1: Yeah. And guess what else happened? What happened? On the last day, there was a mouse in our cottage. (laughs) That made for some excitement. You really learn a lot about your family when something like that happens. Awesome. Did the mouse survive? Yeah. Yeah. We just gently swept him out the door. He was sitting on the mat, shaking like a leaf, the poor little thing. Oh, dear. Yeah. But it was really interesting to see my family's reactions to that.
0: (laughs) I'm glad you had fun at Shirkston Shores and I'm glad the mouse survived. Yeah. Well, you know. All right. Let's move on to our next segment. This one's called you win or you learn each week. Jenny and I will trade off during this segment to let you know where we did something right. And there is cause to celebrate or where something perhaps went off the rails and allowed for a learning opportunity.
1: These can be related to our journey as we take on new habits, or they may just be celebrations and bumps in the road in our everyday lives.
0: So I'm up for the win this week. And I was on a little vacation this past weekend as well. Uh, John and I went to friends and they have a trottage in, nice. uh, um, near Lake Kuchiching in Aurelia. Great, and man. we were there for a few days and there was lots of boating and fun and it sort of you're just out of your regular routine. But on the Saturday morning when we got up, I looked at John and I was like, all right, I'm doing a workout. So I found the workout, I got it sorted. And then I just got after it took me 18 minutes and then I was done and it was super hot and super sweaty. And it was one of those days that was just extremely humid and crazy, but I got it done and I felt so much better. And then I totally enjoyed the rest of the day. So I've been more way more consistent with my exercise. As I've mentioned on previous episodes of this podcast, exercise is one of those ones that I often fight with in terms of maintaining it and being consistent with it as a habit. And I've been definitely more consistent with my uh, workouts. And in this case, even when I was on vacation and it so it would normally would go straight out of my brain and I would just forget it until I got home. I stuck with it. Good for you. That's awesome.
1: I'm looking at you right now. You got those Michelle Obama arms going.
0: Uh-huh. Not quite, Ripped. but we're almost there. We're getting after the Michelle Obama arms.
1: Well, good for you. I definitely did not work out on my vacation or since April for that matter. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. That's. I'm up for the learn and that's not it. I have another one. Um, so as I mentioned, we made a little, we made a, I think we talked about it on the last podcast. I made a visual summer bucket list with my son and we kind of did this as a family. Um, and it's resulted in us doing loads of fun stuff, but it's also had a bit of an unintended consequence I'm finding. I think my kid now thinks it's normal to be doing super fun stuff all the time And he seems to be getting bored more easily. So we usually have a pretty low-key kind of routine life. And I think that this other way has turned him into a bit of a nonstop party animal with the mantra, more, more, more. And this is, I mean, this is pretty typical for kids. But I've also realized that maybe on our list of things to do, I could maybe add in some more simple, low-key things like, play a board game outside or something like that they don't have to be all kind of big crazy things like you know going down water slides and like all these because now he's turning into like a little adrenaline junkie i think
0: oh my gosh i love it i love that he's party animal all the time well he's john right you're right you're right i'm basically raising your husband i know it's kind of (laughs) weird
1: yeah they are the same person for those who are confused what we're talking about my son and peg's husband have the same birthday and obviously
0: many years apart a lot of the same personality traits
1: yeah oddly very similar and to anyone who believes in astrology they'd be like well yeah obviously but (laughs) we're continually shocked by the similarities i think right now the only thing separating them is the beard
0: and 32 years
1: (laughs) i mean beyond those two facts they are the same. and alcohol consumption. right.
0: But switch the alcohol for sugar and uh, same, same same, but different. Same same, but different. <laughs> <laughs> same same. All right. And that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. Get in touch. Our email address is the improvement Project at drpeggymalone.com. Jenny is on Twitter at Jake House, and I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone. You can always get our attention by using the hashtag theimprovementproject. You'll find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast.
1: And if you like the show, and obviously we really hope that you do, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts and let them know it's free because some people aren't aware that podcasts are completely free to listen and subscribe to. We would also love it so much if you would rate us and leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps people to find the show. We also have a Facebook group. So search for the improvement project on Facebook to join in on that conversation. Now go get to work on improving the most important project that
0: you have. That's you. Thanks for listening until next time. Stay focused and get after it.
1: You know, for an episode about minimalism, we said an awful lot.
0: It's true. We should stop talking now.
1: We could have been more brief. I've said too much.
0: All right. That's it. Okay, goodbye.